0: Welcome to the First Church Message of the Week podcast. Thanks for listening in. We are continuing our No Longer Strangers sermon series that focuses on the book of Ephesians. The book of Ephesians teaches us about living as a community of faith that is not without conflict, but is full of faithful followers of Jesus who long to move from strangers to God and one another into embracing the gift of a family of faith. In this message of the week from August 8th, Pastor Jen Tyler shares from the third chapter of Ephesians and Paul's prayer for all believers, that they would be grounded in love and reminded that God can do things through us we cannot imagine. Here is the First Church Message of the Week. So as I promised, I want to read this passage for you here in a moment. Uh, First, I want to introduce it a little. We are continuing our sermon series this morning that's titled No Longer Strangers. As a part of this sermon series, we are working our way through the book of Ephesians, one chapter at a time. Um, If you haven't yet, this is my weekly plug to invite you to be reading scripture along with us. We're doing one chapter a week. This week, we are jumping into Ephesians chapter 3. That means that over the past couple weeks, we've talked about chapters 1 and 2, in which we have focused on some of the providence and the grace and the glory of God and the ways that, specifically in Ephesians 1, we named how the most, most important thing about our faith and our religion should always be centering on our God who reaches out to us, who longs for us to live into joy, and who calls us to embrace faith as an abundant, life-giving tool. In chapter two, we talked about the wideness of God's mercy and the gift of how, just like we learned at Vacation Bible School, we are treasured. And then today, we're going to begin in chapter three. Now, I'm going to start reading in verse 14, so I thought I'd tell you first. And these first 13 verses that we're not going to read out loud today, but I hope you'll read at home. The author is talking about the importance of living into God's purpose for our lives. God has created a purpose for each and every one of us, all of us, and specifically this passage talks about how that means the Gentiles who were the outsiders who weren't part of the church yet, and as well as all the people in the church. Did you know that you are called by God? So that is what it talks about. And it talks about how the church, well, we're invited to be more of who God calls us to be. Cause I think here at First Church, we are doing a pretty good job at living into God and the ways God is leading us. But we always have more work to do, don't we? And so we are talking about that today, picking up on that invitation when we read from Ephesians chapter, Ephesians chapter three, verse, starting in verse 14. It says, for this reason, I bow my knees before the Father, from whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I pray that, according to the riches of his glory, he may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his Spirit, and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. than we can ask or imagine to him be the glory in the church and in Christ Jesus to all generations forever and ever. Amen. I want to back up and read again the beginning of this passage because I want to unpack it a little. Ephesians 3, 14 and 15, it says, For this reason... I bow my knees before God, before the Father, for whom every family in heaven and on earth takes its name. I read these words, and if you could just leave them on the screen here for a second as we reflect on them. I read these words, and I think, ah, oh, that's really how it should be, right? One of the things we didn't name when we were talking about prayer positions, how many of us like to pray on our knees sometimes? right? So we're going to come back and talk about that. I think of, I hear these words, and I think about bowing before God, from whom all of us take our name and our identity, and I think, yes, this is what I imagine the kingdom of God to be like, right? That the abundance of love and desire that unites the people of God who are longing to live in such a way that well, that we are really, truly honoring one another in the best of ways, and that we do that so faithfully that we cannot help but to honor God and one another in prayer, with our words, with our actions, with all of who we are. And that when we do that, we don't just go before God in any way, but with an, an intentional kind of, well, humility and posture, And by that, I mean to point out that there are a few different ways we pray, right? None are right or wrong. When we are setting ourselves aside to truly and humbly set ourselves before God, this kind of act of being on our knees, it brings to mind not just prayers that would offer through our words, but also the ways that truly the ways that we even position our bodies can, well, our body language can say a lot, can't it? body language that might include, but is not limited to some of these illustrations, like how we bow our knees before God? That shows an act of faithfulness, right? If we see someone, now I know we don't have the rails up here now, but if you saw someone kneeling at the rail up here, it would be pretty clear what they were doing, right? But if I came up here ready to share the word with you today, and I decided I was just going to stand like this for the duration of the sermon and look at Lisa... That feels a little different, doesn't it? I mean, wouldn't that be weird if I just decided to start preaching my sermon? Maybe Lisa would appreciate it. Maybe she would hate it because I'm going to keep saying her name as I look at her, and she's not used to that, right? Some things make us excited and comfortable, and some are just weird. Some of that is what we're used to, and some of it is like, what? Instead of looking at this great picture of Jesus knocking on the door, I get to look at the Good Samaritan in the back, and I wonder how that would form my preaching in a different way. Now, there are a few things we can do in addition to just the ways we posture ourselves or the ways that maybe when we turn away from each other, it sends a different message. But there are a few things that I can imagine that show greater humility before God or another person than getting down on our knees before one another. To pray on our knees is an act of surrender, it shows that it isn't just with our words or our spirits that we offer ourselves before God, but also it's all of in our entire selves and mind, body, and spirit that we surrender when we do that. And it makes me wonder, among other things, how many of us have gotten away from this practice of full-bodied prayer? Now, to be clear, I don't mean that to be in full-bodied prayer, you have to be on your knees. Um, I thought about getting on my knees for this example here, and then I realized, then you have to watch me awkwardly try to get up. Right? Because for some of us, getting up off of our knees once we're down is a bigger challenge than the humility, at least physically. Now, I have a bum knee, and so I don't kneel very well, and it is not pretty when I try to get up. But that doesn't mean we can't offer our whole bodies in other ways, right? And that's the question of how do we pray? How are we intentional? How are we turning ourselves in as we focus towards God while keeping the world around us wide open? That's one of my favorite questions to ask people, specifically children, Which is why when I knew Sandy couldn't be here today, I said, I'll just do it. Uh, She offered to record it like she usually does. And I thought, no, I want to hear what people have to say. I love asking people, specifically children, how to pray. And if we had invited them up here, I bet we'd have gotten a whole show on different things that we can do to pray, right? Because I don't want you just to tell me how to pray. I want you to show me. Something that baffles me again and again and again, as a pastor especially, is how many of us, and I'm not asking you to admit it, but a lot of us are intimidated by prayer, aren't we? It's one thing, maybe you're really good and have an intentional prayer life at home, but I know that most of you all, if I said, you know, Pastor Abigail and I would love for you to pray for us today, so for the pastoral prayer, I'm just gonna pick on someone and you can come on up and pray in front of the whole church, including people online. That sounds okay, right? And if you knew there was a good chance I was going to popcorn pick somebody, I wonder how many of you would rather just watch online, (laughs) right? Sometimes we realize in ways like that, in times like that, that maybe we're more intimidated than we want to. And maybe it's time for us to go back to those basics to be reminded that prayer is a conversation with God. There's not a right way or a wrong way. Now, when I ask children how to pray, usually the first answer I always get is the same, that we close our eyes, usually really tight, right? you got to squeeze them closed to prove that they're closed, and then you have to fold your hands, and the biggest debate I get, and I wish we'd have taken a poll, do you pray your hands like this, or do you fold them like this? And wouldn't you believe that with children especially, isn't it funny the things that we get taught and how, how we get very confident. And when I was a kid, you did this. Uh, I think it was because my mom was afraid that if we were like this, then we would start meddling again, right? So some of the parents are nodding. This is better, because then you can squeeze tight and your hands are locked and you can't do anything else, right? There isn't just one way to do it, though. Just as you have said, and as the children teach us, we can pray sitting or standing or kneeling or bent over or hands folded this way or that with our hands wide open or our hands on the ground or our head held high or our head held down, eyes wide open. I mean, theres I could go on and on and on, right? And I am confident that unlike you adults who are a little more shy, if we invited the children to come up here and show us how to pray with our bodies, we would have more examples than we could even imagine and more combinations than we could ever think to put together. And what I love about that, and the reason I'm going to keep coming back to that illustration, is because it tells us a couple of things. First, it tells us that we are doing a good job teaching our children to pray in different ways we are doing a good job reminding them that even the children perhaps especially the children have a direct line and connection and opportunity to talk to God and they're not afraid to do it isn't that awesome I remember as a child when I was taught to pray in Sunday school, and I've probably said this before, I would not let my mother get away with having a dinner meal or a bedtime without saying prayers because I was taught to pray those prayers in Sunday school. And then I remember having big family holidays with the extended family, like at Thanksgiving or Christmas, and I would say, stop, no one gets to eat until we pray, right? Right? And then I remember being a teenager and my mom saying, Jen, would you like to pray? Nope, I'm good. Anybody relate to that too? What is it within us that we start to worry less about our connection to God and the things that we can do to honor God and more about what people around us might think? Children have a lot to teach us about the boldness and the courage that, it can, that can live in us when we share and live into these opportunities. Now, the other thing that this teaches me, this, this possibilities, these combinations, the braveness of children wanting to pray with us, is that all of these types of prayers that we offer had one thing in common. And that is that none of these prayer postures that they brought up were casual or unintentional or, dare I say, even natural, right? How many of us walk around with our hands like this all the time? I mean, maybe if you're feeling nervous and pacing, right? How many of us walk around like this all the time? That's not natural in our daily lives, but it is natural in prayer. It's pretty clear what I'm doing when I stand like this in front of you all, isn't it? Of all the postures of prayer we could muster or come up with, I think for most of them, there are few, if any other times in our lives, that we would place our bodies in that exact same way, except for when we are inviting God to come and draw near. Which brings me back to the question, not just of how we pray, but of when is the last time that you Really, truly, humbly sought to offer yourself before God in this way. Now, the honest, honest question for honest answer for most of us is like, oh, like eight minutes ago when Pastor Abigail prayed, right? But outside of our designated time of worship, when is the last time that you found yourself on, on your knees or sitting intentionally silent with hands wide open, seeking to invite God to speak in your life? Because often, well, I think we find ourselves, if we find ourselves on our knee, whether it's literally or figuratively, it's those times when we are feeling really broken or hurting or at the end of our rope, right? But God wants us to pray when we are joyful too. God wants us to pray when you're having the best day of your life and you pause to say, thank you, God, for your love, for how amazing you are and for this joy that we get to live into. Thank you, God, for this church and these relationships and this opportunity to worship you. God loves to hear our praises. And thanks be that God is with us to hear us when we're feeling broken too. Often in these moments when we're, I've referred to, when we're at the end of our rope and we're feeling broken, and to be honest, the only times I literally find myself on my knees usually is when I'm feeling broken too, when I'm at the end of the proverbial pavement. Because I love that analogy because when the pavement ends, what happens? We know this, we're rural people. The pavement ends and that road becomes rough, right? And you better slow down because if you don't, that turbulence is out of control, right? Right? And so it's in those times when our lives have to slow down a little bit, too, when we hit those rougher spots. Those are the times we find ourselves on our knees because we know that we have got to do something different. We know that we have come to the end of our strength or control that we never should have held on to anyway. Have you found yourselves in these moments in your own life? a moment of a personal crisis, or a family conflict, health issues, broken relationships, grief. When we find ourselves in this place at the end of the pavement, we have no choice as people of faith but to do something a little different, to refresh our posture and to turn to the only one we know will always be there and can always give us strength. Because as it turns out, when we open ourselves to God, we are also opening ourselves up to being able to rediscover that God has been longing to reach us in these new ways all along. And so whether we find ourselves on our knees praying for ourselves or for others around us, we are reminded in these moments that we're not alone. We are not alone because as we offer ourselves before God, we are reminded that these prayers are never in solitude. They are building on the prayers of the people and the generations before us. And so we join in their chorus of prayers, prayers of people who have offered prayers like the one offered in Ephesians today. The prayer that is offered in Ephesians 3, 16 and 17, we are told, I pray that according to the riches of his glory, God may grant that you may be strengthened in your inner being with power through his spirit and that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith as you are being rooted and grounded in love. We pray for your strength and your courage that you may be rooted and grounded in love. Friends, this prayer that was prayed thousands of years ago is my prayer for you all here today too. We need prayer because it keeps us rooted and grounded, not just in any love, but in Jesus Christ, the source of love itself. And so, whether you are drawing near to where that pavement ends, or you find yourself at the top of a proverbial mountain, or you are somewhere in between, I want to invite you this morning to take on a new posture for God. I want to invite you to take a few extra moments this morning to humble yourself before God, to take time both to listen and to offer petitions as we might grow in our capacity to comprehend what it is to be rooted and grounded in God's love because there is perhaps no greater way to embody our faith than to humble ourselves and to seek to be more connected to God through prayer. Friends, there are a lot of ways to do this. We've talked about those. And so I want to invite you to assume, quite literally, a posture, though, that speaks to you, that is meaningful to you, that helps you to be mindful and faithful. Now, that means that you're welcome in this time to stay in your seat or to stand or even to kneel where you are. You can fold your hands or bow your head or pray with your eyes wide open, gazing to the heavens. Whatever posture you take at this time, may the Spirit move you as together we bow our knees before the Lord our God. And as we take time to pray together, I want to use this as an opportunity to remind you again that here at First Church, you don't ever have to pray alone for your prayers either, that we are longing to pray with and for you. And so whether that means you nabbed me before or after worship, or I hope that you'll write them down so that we can pray for them throughout the week on those Connect cards like I talked about, Friends, I want to invite you to write that prayer down. What is the prayer of your heart that God is longing for you to pray in this time? How can we, our pastoral and prayer teams, share in this prayer with you this day and in the week to come? Because friends, our Lord and our God is longing for you to be rooted in the love and the strength and the courage of God. And so however and wherever and Whenever you might seek to do so, might God intercede and might God's presence be known. Let's pray together. Faithful and loving God, we ask that you would hear these prayers and all the ways we offer ourselves before you. God, this day we indeed pray that each and every person here may have the power to comprehend with all the saints what is love's breadth and length and height and depth, to know your great love that surpasses knowledge so that each and every one may be filled with the fullness of your love and grace and mercy. In the name of Christ Jesus, we pray. Amen. Thanks for joining us for the First Church Message of the Week. To stay connected, subscribe to this podcast and follow us on Facebook. For more information on our church calendar, visit our website at watertownfirst.church. This has been the First Church Message of the Week.